0: This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. We'll have two hours of advanced analysis, the X's and O's, headlines around the NBA, and breakdown of your Utah Jazz. Here are your hosts, Zach Harper and Andy Larson, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: All right, welcome everybody into the Salt City Hoops Show here on ESPN Seven Hundred. I'm Andy Larson, managing editor of SaltCityHoops.com. We are the ESPN True Hoop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. Zach Harper, now new writer for Fan Rag Sports, yeah, and uh, employed, which is important. And Fully employed. <laughs> that's that's yeah, incredible. It's great. <laughs> um, uh, joins me. He's at Talk Hoops on Twitter. I'm, which is basically your first name.
2: It's the only name people know me by. So, if the- you said I met zack harper people would be like who if you said i met talk hoops people would be like huh <laughs> I, it's less of a it's, surprise that's that's yeah. pretty good sure yeah
1: uh they're not who you they're huh you which is which is better yeah it's if, much better if you were to be drafted say. less dramatic yeah uh i'm at andy b larson at andy blarson as the people know me uh and we're here to talk about the utah jazz and the nba so uh we do this occasionally basically thursday nights 7 to 9 p.m uh it's whenever we have whenever there's a thursday night without a university of utah basketball game so or jazz game or a jazz game (laughs) which has been the case for the last uh probably month i think A, a month and four days ago was our last show so we've got a lot to catch up on uh least of not the least of which is that the utah jazz are are good they are good yeah
2: some might have predicted this who some people said 56 wins I think I cut it down to fifty four that's true a manageable fifty four very
1: actually possible so right now the five thirty eight rankings have the jazz or like predictions have them winning fifty two games for the season okay and you know that's pretty close couple games, yeah. a couple of games a couple of coin flips go your way uh and right now the fifth seed in the western conference uh you've got the Grizzlies. Two and a half games back, Clippers two games ahead of them. So you know it's actually pretty solidly fifth. And with the Clippers now having Chris Paul out, Blake Griffin out as well, uh, you could see them slide down that table as well. So uh, it's it's kind of an exciting time to be a Jazz fan.
2: It would be shocking if they weren't the four seed at at worst, right? I mean, I, I know now, that hmm. just because Chris Paul is going to be out for six to eight weeks, and Blake Griffin isn't quite back yet, which means he's not quite back to being hundred percent either when he gets back on the court. Um, So that could take some adjustment. The Clippers have done well in the past couple of years, you know, adjusting to these injuries. But they're only two games ahead of the Jazz. The Jazz, even with Rodney Hood out right now, there's no reason with this schedule coming up that they shouldn't be able to catapult over the Clippers and and get a little bit of breathing room
1: right I mean looking at that schedule coming up before we will dig deeper into the team but it it is an easy schedule you've got at Mavs tomorrow they've won three in a row but still you know it's, it's they, probably they're a not good they're very bad uh <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> uh at home against Indiana on Saturday I don't think
2: they're very good either
1: yeah uh, yeah I, I think again a game a, ga- a game you should probably win yeah Home against Oklahoma City Monday. That's a tough one, but you're at home against a team yeah, that's worse. Yeah. Stephen Adams think...
2: should be back, right? He was out with a concussion last night. Yeah. I would assume he's fine by then? May I mean uh, I don't know. concussions are weird, Yeah. But,
1: so maybe maybe not. Right. Um and you know, I think I think Stephen Adams helps some a lot obviously, for sure. but I I also think that the Jazz are a pretty difficult matchup for the Thunder.
2: It's it's I mean, all right, it's not similar to what the problem they had the Thunder had with the Warriors last year, but there is a math problem of they can't hit threes and the and the Jazz do hit threes, right? And so you can't keep trading three for two every time.
1: And, and I think they, I think the Jazz are uniquely poised to load up against Russell Westbrook in a Absolutely. way that a lot of teams aren't, yeah. with their length and especially Rudy Gobert in the middle, yeah. uh, making him shoot mid-range jump shots. Absolutely. Uh okay so then after that you've got at Denver
2: playing very well offense mm-hmm. is very good right now that defense sucks. Yeah. I mean it's real bad. So you should be able to at least take advantage of them on defense and probably slow down a lot of what they want to do on offense. Jokic is a lot of fun. He's um, fun.
1: I wish that team had more fans. Right. <laughs> right like uh, that they if, play if, in front the, of if the Broncos empty crowds if crazy. the
2: Broncos fan base cared even half as much about the nuggets as they do the, Bron- the Broncos that would be a fun place that would be a fun yeah. team it would be an exciting environment um Denver fans not very good
1: and have a chance to make the eight seed right like that team has yeah, a they're in seed the make- right now are they yeah well heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good sign uh yeah okay so that's that's a thing that's happening yeah by a game over Portland right now wow uh and
2: three games ahead in the loss column wow
1: all right uh home against the Lakers Lakers are trash suck uh, home against Memphis. That's not tough. trash. No, Memphis is very good. I again a game you should probably win at home. I think you know just based on the records, of talent, and you know similar teams, but right for sure, probably you know the Jazz will be favored in that game. Sure. Uh, home against Milwaukee.
2: That's tricky because yeah. Milwaukee is very scrappy and they can hit threes and um, uh, that's surprising. Like the eighth best offense, seventh best offense right yeah. now. I mean they're they're good.
1: Yeah. What's up? What, with their defense, just Greg Monroe or like yeah,
2: they still have Greg Monroe in there. Uh, John Henson turns out not actually that good of a defender, despite okay. being really long. Uh, I think that that I mean, and Jabari Parker, Jabari Parker has been very good this year. Mm-hmm. Excellent score. He's hitting threes. He can't defend.
1: Okay, that's that's fine. Home against Charlotte, another good team. You know, like these are these are games that you're not going to win all of certainly, but you if you win three out of the five of these right. of like Oklahoma City, Memphis, Milwaukee, Charlotte, and Boston at right. home, then you're doing well. Um, so anyway, you've got Charlotte at Atlanta. That's that's a game should be a win. At Atlanta, even? Atlanta's you mean? not
2: very good. Okay, they're streaky. They go up, they go down, they go up, they Who go down, just just like garage doors. That's what they <laughs> that's what they do.
1: I like that was your go-to. <laughs> <laughs> like anything that goes yeah. that rises and lowers. Uh, at least you didn't Bill Simmons say ebb and flow today, and you were like, my site really ebbed today. Like he was he was, he was very proud about how ebbed his. You got to ebb. The ringer was. You today. can't flow if you don't ebb. <laughs> anyway, at Dallas again. Sucks. Home against Boston.
2: Could be. That could be tricky. Yeah. Boston is just. They. I don't. I still don't think they're all that talented, but they just find ways to, to yeah. win games.
1: And they're a good. Exactly. Tricky matchup. Good Isaiah game. Thomas is very good in the fourth quarter. Yeah.
2: Some would say the best in the fourth quarter this year.
1: Home against the Clippers after that depends on how. I mean, how many Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris right? Paul won't be there. Right. I would assume
2: Blake Griffin would be back, but you don't know.
1: Right. I, I think. Blake is a, like a Blake and DeAndre led team should be beatable for the jazz. Just based should on be. You've got surprisingly that you to go bare, have you seen
2: Austin rivers numbers as a starter. Don't
1: tell me Austin rivers is good at basketball.
2: 16 and a half points a game on 60% true shooting Ugh. plus 4.4 4 per 100 possessions with him on the floor as a starter.
1: Don't it's weird. I don't like it.
2: No one likes it. <laughs> I'm not even sure if Clippers fans like it, but that's what's happened as a starter this year. 13 games.
1: Discouraging,
2: not even counting tonight's game,
1: huh? All right, well, All right. hey, that's that's a fun fact. Austin Rivers has beaten them before, right? Yeah, that's true, it's gonna All happen. Right. Home <laughs> against Portland,
2: horrible defense. I mean, just my why god,
0: why
1: are they? Uh, we I have a whole segment like where we're talking about this for yeah. like four minutes later on in the show, but I don't get uh, shocking.
2: Happened. Team falls apart after signing Evan Turner. <laughs> I'm shocked.
1: Why is Austin Rivers so good though? They're the same. They're not, They're not the same. But like Austin Rivers I just hate them equally. Man,
2: is Austin Rivers better? Ooh. That's a that's a depressing that's a question take, and right. a hot take question <laughs> at the same time.
1: Uh then at Milwaukee, we talked about them at Washington. Playing well. Yeah. At OKC, that's a loss. Yeah. So but so that's your next month and a little bit so of what is games. This?
2: Two four six eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen games.
1: And you're probably favored to win all but one of them.
2: They should go 13-3. and three.
1: That's good. That's great. That would be that, <laughs> that, that would be acceptable. Wins. Yeah, I mean they it, should
2: go 13-3 during that stretch, assuming no injuries.
1: Now there are injuries. We've got rodney hood right. out with knee bone bruise but is there any not chance an
2: ACL. is there any chance when you saw the injury and saw how he reacted and them carrying him off the court that you thought this wasn't a blown blown out knee i thought yeah i thought it was yeah i mean i,
1: I, I, I mean i thought it worse, it, at worst at best it would be like a sprained mcl right and yeah. he was out six weeks right but
2: immediately uh i had a scout text me um this sucks he like his season's over he was having a great year mm-hmm. not a scout from the jazz a scout from a different team like uh, not in the building and uh, and we were just going back and forth about how how horrible this was, right? And then you know I guess he didn't have a brace on in the locker room. Yeah, and everything bru- bone was bruised, fine. Like, bone bruise the, with the MRI the next day.
1: I walked out because I so I saw that, you know I I have seats above the the player tunnel there, right. so I kind of watched Rodney test it out and lean on it and then recoil Oh, you are you
2: not periscoping this? Well, it's <laughs> probably I, not. Kind of dark. Good form, right? Also,
1: I don't think it's allowed to. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So I and then Rodney Hood's family comes down from the stands right yeah. next to him. And then I see so I see them waiting in fear with, you know, Kristen Kenny and Tony Parks, the guys who you right. know, report on this sort of stuff. And then the doctors come out, talk to talk to everyone kind of at once and say he didn't do anything. And you can see just like the relief on his yeah. family's face and then saw the assistant coaches laughing with them after the game that's I was good. like okay that's yeah i mean
2: cuz you can do a test that pretty much gives you a 90% chance of knowing whether or not they they've torn their acl right. like it's a pretty easy thing to test for even before the mri
1: yeah like you you i like i went in to do kind of i my knee was feeling wonky i don't know if you months ago and you know they move your knee around and see if it moves a lot or moves a little, (laughs) and if it's a lot then you're in trouble but uh yeah so that that's good news and and that rodney traveled on this road trip even though it's a one gamer and even though he won't play is again a good sign he wants to be involved with the team and is is hopefully coming close to coming back you know i i'm i'm not expecting him this weekend certainly but maybe sometime end of next week let's say um all right let's let's look at the bigger picture issues unless there's something you want to say um first of all they're the best defense in the league right now which is not a
2: shock right because is, right well i guess maybe with the injuries because george hills missed so much time
1: yeah i, I think that's fair Derek
2: favors has been kind of gimpy for half the season so I th- far i think all of the season i don't i to me he looked pretty good the last two weeks
1: i, I think he looked pretty good but also and again this is on our list of things to talk about yeah. but the starting lineup's not working with him in it
2: yeah that's true uh, i mean it is really better as a four out Right, you know, one, you know, Rudy in the middle type of deal,
1: and I don't think that used to be the case with a healthy Derek. It, to me, I still sure. don't see like he's missing that mid-range jump shot a lot more frequently yeah. than than he was. I don't know. He looked explosive speed. on blocks. He looked yeah. explosive
2: on dunks to me. I mean, that could just be tricking my eyes because something cool happens. But um, I don't like. He looks better to me. He, for he sure. definitely
1: looks better than when he first returned. Uh, so, yeah. and then of course you've got Rudy Gobert as the defensive anchor. Like, if you had to say. How much? How much of the Jazz's number one defense is Rudy Gobert? Is it like fifty percent? How good would you be? Like if we put Rudy Gobert on the Trailblazers? I
2: like that you went. That you you went fifty percent because immediately in my mind I thought eighty, ninety percent. like I went like, way high. All, all of it because it allows everyone else to do stuff, right? Okay. I mean, that's that's the trick of it all. Is is his presence allows you to defend harder on the perimeter, allows you to you know close out harder on on three-point shots and spot up three-point shots and run guys off the line mm-hmm. and then if you force them into mid-range shot great that's the inefficient way of attacking in today's nba unless you're the spurs um if you if they end up going to the basket which happens quite quite often fantastic you have the league's best shot blocker best rim protector who's r- protecting like 11 and a half shots a game yeah, or something yeah. like that. just a, Yeah, yes an absurd amount of shots to defend and he's doing it you know as well as just about anybody um and so having that presence allows everyone else to kind of be more aggressive and be more confident as a defender. I think that confidence as a defender matters a lot. And probably a lot more than we know because if you don't know that a guy is behind you and you start second guessing how do I how do I keep this guy out of the paint or how do I keep this guy into our game plan of how we want to defend him, if you're second guessing that, you're not reacting. And that's where that's where guys just get killed.
1: So you if Like, let's put Rudy Gobert on the Blazers. Yeah. Are they a top 10 defense? Probably. Okay. I'm willing to buy that because honestly, there's not that big of a difference between the league's best and worst defensive teams right now. You look at the Jazz, they're at 101.2 points per 100 possessions allowed. uh, And then the bottom team is 110 points per 100 possessions allowed. It's only nine points. It's only four baskets during the entire game. Yeah, exactly.
2: And and with him, too, I mean, so if you put him on the Blazers, you have him, Mo Harkless, Alfaro Camino. Those are three pretty solid. I mean, two very solid defenders, and Rudy Gobert, who's maybe the best defensive center in the league. Marcus Gasol could have a case, but it's probably Rudy Gobert, right? Okay. Um, is is CJ McCollum as much of a liability if he defends knowing that he has Rudy Gobert behind him? Probably not. I mean, they, he like still he,
1: gets beat on every pick and roll. And, sure,
2: but but you but also getting beat on pick and rolls. And so does Dame. Yeah, but but I think we also have to recognize that, and this is maybe a little inside basketball, but. Getting beat on pick and rolls is sometimes the design. Right. Right? Like you funnel into the help. Right. So a guy gets blown by on a pick and roll, it's not as bad as long as he's shielding away the middle of the floor. And forcing him into the help. Right, and if The is, help is Rudy Gobert. That's pretty good.
1: That is something to look for. Like, and the Jazz are very much a, con, a control the ball sort of team where you're. They're trying to keep the ball on one side of the right. floor on these side pick and rolls, right. and just trying to push it over there so that it doesn't get back to the middle where more things can happen. You can't load up on one side of the right. floor, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Now, are the I are the Blazers playing that style of defense? I
2: don't know. That they're playing any style of defense. Okay, so I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's really bad. Like, and uh, part of the problem with the Blazers on pick and rolls is McCollum and Lillard instead of, I don't think the problem is them getting blown by. I think the problem is they die on screens. Right. And I so, guess that's what I mean. Could you could you prevent some of that if they know a better way to go around it, knowing Rudy's behind them? Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't think that's crazy to think.
1: Okay, but then, you know, Trey Burke has been a, a, a struggled as, as a point guard with yeah. Rudy Gobert behind him. And, and you know, even the he's Jazz a, he's is He's a, a lot point smaller guards. than both those guys, sure. though. That's right. You hard. know,
2: I mean, I think small guards are just going to struggle.
1: What about Dante Exum dying? I mean, maybe it's ACL lateral movement stuff, but he's... I think that I think that's an awareness thing. Okay, with him.
2: I uh-huh. mean, I think he's going to be a very good defender in this league, and I think that's just knowing how to get around screens, hmm. which is a learned skill.
1: Yeah, it, it worries me a little bit that he's regressed as much as he has. Yeah,
2: now. I mean, maybe that is a you know uh, he's lost half a step or whatever, and if you lose half a step and you don't exactly plan for losing half a step. Yeah, Maybe okay. that takes a while to adjust.
1: That makes sense. No, I, I mean, I, 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 to me, I think 80 to 90% is high. I, I honestly think yeah. 50% is reasonable. That I, seems I, way low to me. Like, I, I, I just think
2: because it's, it's such a connected thing. And if you're connected to him, I just think it works.
1: Right. So, but I also think it kind of works with Derek Favors at the center position, right? Uh, or Jeff Withie at the center position. Like, it, Kind of, sure, it,
2: yeah. I mean, they have good defense. It's not like all okay. of these guys are bums, right? Like right. Rodney Hood, good defender. George think- Hill, good defender.
1: I'm I'm meh on Rodney Hood's defense.
2: I think he does a very good job um, in terms of containing.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I agree some- with that. Sometimes
2: guys just hit shots, right? Like yeah. I, I think just because you get scored on doesn't mean you played mediocre or bad defense, right? Yeah. I think that happens to Rodney more than – I think sometimes guys just hit shots.
1: Right, and I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I think – Sometimes he loses his man in space. Yeah, that, yeah. There's some um, off-ball issues. Yeah, sure, of uh, course. But I, I mean, so to me, like, if if you were to like put them in a percentile, I guess, where right. like George Hill is like the ninetieth percentile defending point guard, and yeah, I mean, maybe even league, higher. Like, right. I mean, he's great. Yeah, he's yeah. maybe one of the top ten. <laughs> yeah, defending point guards in the league for sure. Runny Hood is probably average to me.
2: I would say like sixtieth, sixtieth okay. to seventieth percentile,
1: and that's and I would say fiftieth, and like okay. we could have an yeah. argument about that gordon but, hayward good defender yeah gordon hayward i think like 75th percentile if you will yeah probably yeah i mean he's not a stopper certainly but right. i think and honestly it's interesting to me how reluctant quinn snyder has been uh to use him in that role right? i kind
2: of think too part of that is um is just how much responsibility he has on offense yeah i think so that there's only why. so much energy you can ask a guy to expend right i absolutely think that's yeah. why
1: uh where's joe ingles
2: 99th percent I mean he's their
1: he's their he's late a, game stopper right weird, throw him it,
2: on LeBron throw him on Lou Will doesn't why matter is that working I so have well. no idea I mean Quinn answered the question you you asked the question to Quinn right and yeah. he answered it kind of like he's long like he's a big guy and he's long and if you if you can anticipate the movement I mean I'm paraphrasing here but if you can mm-hmm. anticipate anticipate the movement he's a six nine guy with long arms like right sometimes just get it I had uh I who was it uh David Thorpe once told me look if sometimes if you just get in the way you do your job mm-hmm. defensively. And I and I believe that.
1: Oh, I and I found it incredible that he was able to you know kind of stay in front and get in the way of both Lou Williams, who's you know one right. of the faster scorers in the league, and a guy like LeBron James, who should be able to bully through and all, anyone, and, and he was yeah. able to defend both of those types of players.
2: And also, couldn't some of that be? And I'm not trying to take away from Joe Ingles, but it, couldn't some of that just be their shock that he <laughs> st- like he stayed with them? Like I I mean, is LeBron attacking him the way he attacks Kawhi Leonard? Not a chance, right? Right. And so I think some of that is you don't take the defender as seriously. All of a sudden they're with you, and you've got to throw up a shot or make a pass or whatever, and and you're not in the position you thought you were going to be in.
1: I do think there's also – yeah, I, I think there's something to that, and I think when players think they're on weak defenders, yeah. like I think they still do about you Absolutely. This. I
2: mean, you saw it in the finals on the biggest possession, right? Right. Steph Curry thought he had Kevin Love. Kevin Love played harder defense and better defense than Steph Curry was anticipating – Steph Curry didn't get to do what he wanted to do. Sometimes it's, you know, I mean, I don't want to take away from Kevin Love there either, but, you know, Steph Curry probably didn't take that situation as seriously as he should have.
1: No, I, I, and I think if, and you kind of ease up a little bit there too, where you're not getting a screen sent that way. Right. You know, because that's what you would do against a good defender, right? Right. You send a screen and run something, some team oriented action. But, you know, you get that isolation. Matchup that you want, and I think the Cavs would have taken LeBron James on Joe Ingles at the beginning of the game, and then absolutely you, you struggle or yeah. Lou Williams or you know Devin Booker or any of these guys who he's defended of last. Right. Week. Um.
2: Uh, this might be a hot take. I'm he wasn't sure, great I, on Devin Booker. I'm not sure okay. Devin Booker's that good. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, he's been great over the last couple of weeks. He's I know. Be, everyone. He's been
2: pretty mediocre the two months before that. Yeah, that's fair. I, he's uh, also very young, so yeah. I, I think what, we anointed him a little quickly.
1: Uh, uh, anointed him what?
2: As a good player.
1: I think he's good.
2: Is he? He's talented. What's t- okay? What's he doesn't difference? know how to play basketball?
1: I think he's pretty good at like, he's I don't good
2: know. at taking a lot of shots on a bad team. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Something. Yeah, I uh, guess okay. that's something.
2: I mean, <laughs> for, I mean, this guy's supposed to be a dead eye shooter. And he's not that good of a shooter. No, that's my problem. That. And okay. he, he's got to learn a lot of playmaking, a lot of defense. He's also like eight years old. So,
1: <laughs>
2: you know, I expect him to get better. I just don't think he's very good yet.
1: Okay. I, I'm fine with that yeah, take. Right. <laughs> Like, no, he's not that good yet. I I think he's more likely to become good than like than not become good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. am okay.
2: <laughs> glad we just circled each other there for 35 seconds.
1: <laughs> ah, great times. Um, okay, so uh, when Rudy Gobert comes out of the game, I think the Jazz do have some defensive problems. Sure. Um, I, I think some of that is just, yeah, Rudy Gobert coming out of the game. And I think when George Hill comes out, I think maybe the difference even becomes more stark because there's a there's maybe a bigger difference between George Hill and the Jazz's backup point guards in terms of defending than the difference between Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dante Exum, still very young and doesn't quite know. Not that he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's just, you know, there are awareness issues. There's fitting into the game plan that they've just gone over issues. Um, maybe he's lost half-step. Like, there's just a, you yeah. know, a kind of... Uh, potpourri of things that he needs to get past as a young player which happens to almost every young player mm-hmm. um and then the flip side of that is shelvin mac is uh, he's okay like i i mean he's
1: what percentile 35 uh, i was gonna, i
2: immediately thought 20th okay <laughs> i mean he's you know yeah. like i don't think he's a complete disaster i don't think he helps all that much in defensive situations
1: right. Yeah, I'm I'm there. I so. feel better
2: about him like digging down into the paint to deflect a ball or get a steal than I do staying in front of someone or or right. navigating a pick and roll. Agreed. Yeah.
1: Um and you know if if some backup point guard's trying to post him up or something,
2: but right. that doesn't like, like he's not Trey Burke, right? Right. Exactly. I mean, we're really hitting Trey Burke hard in, here. <laughs> what
1: percentile is Trey Burke? 3rd percentile?
2: Uh, that might be high.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So three. Yeah, I don't know. Guys, was, was that mean? Good. I hope
2: his parents aren't listening.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. One well, before we got to take a break. But um, what about Howell Neto? Where do you put him defensively?
2: Like twentieth, twenty-fifth percentile. Ba- okay,
1: see, and I would put him like average-ish, like forty or fifty. Yeah, I don't think he's that
2: good. Okay. Um, well, I'll go twenty-five. Why? Because uh, to me,
1: I to me he stays in front better than anybody than the other guys. Yeah, I think I think he's bad off the ball. Okay, I could be wrong that. about
2: that, but that's my take on it. I think he's—I think he helps too far.
1: Okay, yeah, he probably does. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's take the break. <laughs> um, on the other side, we we actually have scheduled to talk a little bit more about Dante Exum. Yeah. I also want to talk about the Jazz's offense and and their starting lineup. Why that hasn't been maybe working as well as it did at the beginning of the season. All that talk next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700.
0: Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show. Andy Larson, Zach Harper joining you. Before we get into more talk, I want to answer our question from our favorite Greek um, yeah. radio show listener. He's listening at like 3 a.m. Greek time or whatever it is right now. Asking, will the Jazz be involved in any trades before the deadline? It's a little bit early, and I haven't yeah. like asked around really if right. any trades are going to happen. Um, I don't what do believe you think? so. Yeah, I, I
2: don't I... see. I don't see the need. Like, uh, there's, you know, especially with Rodney Hood, um, the injury not being as serious as, as once feared. I, you know, they're deep at every position. They're good. Do you try to find value
1: with that depth?
2: What's the value? Like, what what are you grabbing though? I right? Like, what makes you what makes you better? I mean.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, I okay. What I guess you could like trade Alec Burks and then get a value of value piece back. I don't even know what what would you want for Alec Burks. I don't know.
2: I mean, like, you're not a getting first. a first,
1: right?
2: Yeah. A heavily protected first. Is there any value in having that? Right. I you don't know? know
1: that there is. So um, I I mean I th- maybe, I think you,
2: I think if you're gonna move him you move him in the summer
1: right, which I think you could still do yeah, yeah. I mean that that's a value is if you move Alec Burks you get twelve million uh, I guess it's only ten million dollars in right. cap space and then you give that money to Joe Ingles basically this right this off season yeah which um, I think
2: is fine but I I just but don't then know. you can do it in the summer and yeah like, like is, has Alec Burks played enough and healthy enough to for right. someone to be like yep i'm in (laughs) right you know and that's not a knock on him it's just he
1: or well enough right like he went five for 17 in the d league last week right Uh, you know and he was just getting shots up felt
2: much worse than that yeah (laughs) (laughs) he didn't play all that well
1: and then his next nba game he was like three for four or whatever yeah he was yeah
2: so it got him you know kind of back in the swing of things but i just i like i think he's a talented player i just don't know that people would trust his medical history right now
1: agreed and yeah, and maybe that changes a month from now. Probably sure. Not. Yeah,
2: right. I mean maybe four weeks from now or three weeks, whatever it is. Like a team gets desperate and they're like, "Hey, we need a guard off the bench."
1: And then need wise again, like maybe a higher caliber backup point guard. But really, like, what's the difference between Shelvin Mack and a good backup point guard?
2: Right. Like, I mean, who's going to be available there? Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Oh, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio for Derek Favors. <laughs> Ricky Rubio and and no. Ricky Rubio. A protected first in 2020 for Derek Favors and Alec Burks to clear the to clear that What's cap space. What's Rubio's contract like? Thirteen a year, thirteen to fourteen and a half a year over the next three years. No. Then you've got insurance if George Hill bolts.
1: I love Ricky Rubio.
2: Oh, I don't think it's a good idea. But I'm, I'm just yeah, trying I, to find a a deal that shakes up the Jazz enough.
1: Yeah, I any deal I I don't I don't think it works. Right. Yeah, i I, I struggle. Maybe you you know trade Howell Neto or Shelvin Mack to someone who needs a backup point guard and, and get sure. some value. Yeah, know, maybe four get, point guards is a lot. Yeah,
2: maybe you get a couple of high second-round picks or something for Howell Neto. Cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, these, I just, are, these are not even trades that anyone gets excited about. Right,
2: like, I just don't think there's a need for the Jazz to make a move. And I and I still think that we're going to have a pretty quiet trade deadline um, yeah, just because of the changing economics of the
1: league. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, let me ask you about the starting lineup right now. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not gone well. It's, so in particular, the Jazz starting lineup right now is, I believe, minus six um, points per 100 possessions. Uh, this is the George Hill, Rodney Hood, Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, Gordon Hayward lineup. Um, which, you know, the rest of the Jazz are are doing really well. They're a good team. That's why they're, you know, the fifth seed and, and everything else. Um, but for whatever reason, that lineup doesn't seem to be working. Is that just a small sample size thing? Is that uh, spacing on the floor thing? The favors go bare? Worry that everyone's always had about those two being on the floor together. You know, what, what's going on there? Yeah, I mean,
2: George Hill has been okay coming back, right? But he's he doesn't look um, – not. I wouldn't say he doesn't look 100%. He doesn't look – a he doesn't look as fine-tuned as he as he has earlier this season right like he's not quite as effective Derek favors not hitting that jumper quite as often as you'd like and yeah i think there's been some spacing issues i think it's just a a, a matter of getting accustomed to each other back on the court um yeah. you know maybe like i don't think they took orlando all that seriously
1: yeah i think that i think honestly that's part of it is just how bad it, they're actually only minus three points per hundred possession, so i take it back minus five but um I, yeah, I, I think that is a large part of it. Is they didn't take Orlando that seriously. They honestly didn't take Detroit that seriously. Right. I thought, and you know, that first half wasn't good. Um, and I I do think that sometimes it's the Jazz are going to have matchups where it makes sense not to have Derek Favors play that many minutes. I mean, yeah, I agree. With I that. thought Cleveland, for example, last week was was a good example where. Uh the Jazz just did so much better with Trey Lyles spacing the floor and then they could run these little slip screens yeah. for Trey Lyles to get wide, wide open threes. Yeah. I mean if that's that's what you get And that's but, why you have depth, right? Right. So
2: you can be you can be malleable. Like you can you can be a team that adjusts to whatever style of play you need to adjust to. And I think that um you know, I think that's kind of what Quinn Snyder's all about, right? Like he wanted to be this high pace team when he took over the jazz and then the personnel doesn't Fit that. And so he adjusts to like, all right, this is what we're going to do. This is what we have the personnel to do. And then as they, you know, as Dennis Lindsay acquires more pieces over the years that are a little bit more interchangeable and more versatile, then you have the option to, we want to play big and slow tonight. We want to play a little faster. We want to play a little more versatile. You have those options.
1: Is it bad of me that I'm worried about what Derek Favors thinks about that?
2: Um, I mean, I guess there is the concern that all of this could boil over into long-term considerations, right?
1: Right. I mean, so for example, against Phoenix, didn't finish the game Boris Diao did. Right. Derek Favors knows that he's a better player than Boris Diao, but I think for that matchup, playing Diao made the most sense there. Uh, and I I think that's, that's a hard thing for a player to realize, especially one that has played, you know, 36 minutes a night and has been the starting guy and, you know, near all-star caliber in, in years past.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that this, this is the, the thing you have to ask good players to accept, right? right. Is sometimes it's not your night for a matchup, for the way you're playing, whatever. Um, and that's where you'd really test the team chemistry of it all. And, and, and I'm not saying you need to test whether or not Derek Favors uh, is gung-ho enough for this team that he's right. willing to not play in certain situations. But uh, I don't know, that kind of tests like whether or not the team is ready to take the next step.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair, and I I think it's fair to ask Derek to do that. I I don't know. Again, I I don't know how Derek feels about it. I, I suspect that he's feeling a like he's not being he hasn't played like himself this season, and B that he wishes he had more minutes and the chance to finish games in order to kind of get that rhythm back. Um, and, and it's just it's what okay. So I guess my question is, if you there may be a time. Where it turns out most NBA games, maybe that Derek Favors Rudy Gobert combination doesn't work at the end of games. Um, then does that become a problem?
2: Uh, if it does, then that kind of tells you what you need to know about the long term fit of him on the Steam, right. right? I mean, I kind of like, maybe that's a little too cutthroat, but I kind of no, think that's, that's how it should be viewed.
1: And, you know, he's got a year after this, and, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's a real possibility that he, you know, leaves some free agency or the Jazz decide to do something with his contract. Sure between now and then right benjamin gaines has a question for us on twitter asking how would you guys grade quinn snyder at the halfway point of the season
2: give him an a- minus. like i think yeah i think he's been excellent
1: yeah i like to me uh, i think he's at least partially to largely responsible for the defensive system that does make rudy gobert good right it's so if if Rudy Gobert is ninety percent, then it's Quinn ten percent. Quinn's the other ten, <laughs> and it, okay. the rest
2: of the players they just they're just <laughs> hanging on. <laughs> That's all they're doing.
1: Um, yeah, I, I'm with you, and, and I mean like everyone in in the world knows I'm a Quinn Snyder homer, but like he, I, I think he's. Basically responsible for a both a defensive and an off, offensive system that have outperformed expectations, any reasonable yeah. expectations, right? You that you're first in the league defensively, tenth in the league offensively. With this core, you know, a top ten is is really impressive, and especially given that the Jazz don't force any turnovers like at all, they're the right. second worst turnover team in the league. They're not getting those easy baskets that a lot of other teams do that help out that offensive rating. It's really just like. They're well execution, spaced. Execution, half court execution yeah. every time. They're and great in the pick and roll. They hit
2: threes like right. They move the ball really well. Um, yeah, and I think that I don't know. You could be confused by some end game lineups that he's done, gone with this year that maybe haven't worked out. You can yeah. get upset with some of the rotational stuff, you know, earlier in games. But for the most part, I think he he's handled it and he's handled it well. And this team was buried by injuries last year in a way they couldn't overcome right now they're a deeper team this year so they should be able to overcome those but still that takes coaching Mm -hmm. like to get guys ready to have them ready the coaching staff you know not just Quinn Snyder but the assistants deserve that credit too like they've done a great job of unifying um and and kind of that cliched strength and numbers thing that the the Warriors have you know gone on about for two seasons as a marketing employee like there's a very real aspect of that with a lot of good deep teams where someone goes down and you just step up and this year they're not letting those injuries bury them they're winning those games still
1: yeah that's a good point I think you also have to give him some credit for the development of especially Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert yeah uh, Rodney Hood too yeah is Rodney Hood better than he was
2: last year yeah I think so yeah
1: okay Uh, like uh, his shooting percentage is worse um I I think his defense is about the same but
2: I think his defense is better I think the way he attacks is better
1: okay I'm fine with Uh, Again, (laughs) I'm not gonna argue. Like whatever. I I I think he's about the same player he was last year. Okay. But I'll. How about I? I'm still giving him credit for Gordon Hayward and Rodney Hood. Or nope, not Rodney Hood. Rudy Gobert. Not
2: good enough. (laughs) Quinn, if you're listening, I tried.
1: Very disappointed in you. Yeah,
2: very disappointed in you. You
1: don't want Quinn Snyder disappointed in you. Like we've seen that look. Right. It's an evil look. uh, Yeah. It's It's legitimately scary. It's
2: it's villainous.
1: Yeah. Don't don't. Yeah look at me like that. Right. <laughs> Someone asked terrifying.
2: if uh if Quinn Snyder or Tom Thibodeau was more of a Bond villain. And I don't think Quinn Snyder's really a Bond villain looking type of guy.
1: Yeah. He's... he's, he's maybe like he's a like an,
2: like a uh, a Wayne's brother villain, yeah. like from a early '90s movie, like maybe Mo Money, Mo Problems. If you put him into the main villain role, I think he fits that a little bit better.
1: I think Tibbs' voice especially helps with the villainousness. Right?
2: Yeah, uh, other people were saying Tibbs is kind of like a like the Penguin. Yeah, which maybe fits better.
1: I think yeah, I think that's good. I. I Think that Quinn's voice is too Seattle to like. It's you know, very Seattle. <laughs> it is really be like ah, this man's a Pacific Northwest villain. Right. You know? it's, it's, it's just hard to to see. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the question, Ben. Uh, Jazz Crusader Wizard, by the way, chimes in. I would grade him on a comparative of team success and towards other coaches and team expectations. Well, thank you. Um, sure. We that's what we did. That's yeah. I feel like that's exactly what we did. <laughs> well done. Uh. <laughs> So the offense has slowed down a little bit recently. Um, yeah. I think they're twentieth in their last ten games compared to you know being eighth or whatever it was right. in the first thirty games. Um, I'm not that worried about that honestly, just because players stopped making as many shots from outside. Yeah. Um, and you know, Ronnie Hood's been hurt. George Hill was hurt for the first part of that. Uh, do you, I mean, are you worried at all that? People are picking up what the Jazz are doing, or I, no, I think it's, I, a, it's a pretty simple offense, honestly. Like I
2: think turnovers are the issue with them, right? Okay. Like it's a, it's because they pass so much. They pass more than any team in the league, right? Mm-hmm. They were like this last year. I'm pretty sure that's still the number this year. Um, I
1: think they're third and fourth in passes, or fourth and passes this year for whatever reason. Fourth in passes.
2: Okay, they were first last year by like yeah, 60 a passes line. a game yeah. or something like that. something absurd okay. like that. Um, but because they pass so much. It just, I think, leaves it open to more turnovers. They've been pretty sloppy with with a lot of turnovers as of late. Um, I'd have to check on the open shooting numbers. I feel like they're missing open shots. Yeah. uh, Outside of Joe Ingles, who doesn't miss anything at this point.
1: Ooh, the Jazz are all the way down to sixth and passes made. How about that? Yeah, that's something. Maybe the
2: league has caught on.
1: The the Sixers are first, by the way. Okay. Sixers first, Celtics, Knicks, Nets, Spurs. I'm surprised the
2: Celtics are there because Isaiah Thomas just – I mean, maybe he's passing to himself. <laughs> Not an Isaiah Thomas fan.
1: It's, it's a smart play, um, except that's also traveling.
2: Don't, I, don't only, pass yourself.
1: Only if they call it. That's true. Yeah. They almost didn't call that Russell Westbrook traveling. I don't
2: think they didn't. I don't think. I don't think they almost didn't call it. I think they thought like, all right, now we're five steps in. What's going <laughs> on? I want to see how long this goes.
1: That's like yeah.
2: I think. I mean, if you see a guy just walk with the ball. It's different than missing a third step on a drive, right? I think there was just a little dumbfounded nature there.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. This is this is not. I'm not making fun of the referees. Right. I just this was I just this think was a. You got to be kidding me, Russ. Yeah. Like, what are do you doing? Know? <laughs> it's not. Just, what, do you, what game are you playing? <laughs> All right, we got to take another break. On the other side, we've got more jazz and NBA talk coming up next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700.
0: The home of the best Utah jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show. A couple things that happened in the NBA while we were on break. I don't know if they happened while we were on break, but we we found them on Twitter while we were on break. First of all, um, Pau Gasol fractured his fourth metacarpal. That's the fourth, the ring finger in your left hand. Yeah. Uh... Somehow during warm ups today. Okay. Uh, and as a result was out of tonight's game against Denver, uh, and his timeline's still to be determined. If it's like other fractured metacarpals, uh, you know, you're looking about a month out. Yeah, four to six weeks. So, maybe
2: six to eight. No, I guess he if depending on if he needs surgery. Probably four to six, something yeah. like, in that range, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it yeah, obviously depends on the type of fracture or whatever, but uh so that obviously changes maybe a little bit the Western Conference complexion, although the Spurs have actually been better when Pau Gasol's on the bench. So. amazingly,
2: 6.5 for 100 possessions with him on the floor, plus 12.7 with him off the floor.
1: Dwayne Dedman, great he's NBA player.
2: Fantastic shot blocker, fantastic role man, great rebounder, um just a good defender all around. Yeah.
1: How did uh, if like Do you know how much he's making?
2: 5 3. Really? 3 million dollars. Bismack Biyombo got 72 million dollars. Nice. Deadman got a 2 year 6 million dollar deal. I think second year is player option so
1: he makes money. I think we really like under like if defense were offense and we could really kind of like have stats for every kind of way an offensive player helps their team or a defensive player helps their team in the same way an offensive player helps their right. team. We'd be able to see guys like Dwayne Deadman and and uh heck Draymond, although yeah. Draymond gets enough stats that it, it shows up. You know, it's kind of some of these role players who aren't as obvious at, at how good they are defensively, they would get these major contracts like Yeah.
2: I think three years ago he was the best rim protector in the league. Like even better than Rudy. I could be wrong about that. You or mean, he was or he was right in the running of it. Mm, well. He was right around there. I mean he was fantastic. He played limited minutes. It was like 15-17 minutes a game, but he was I mean, you just couldn't score on him at the rim.
1: Yeah. I uh, anyway, great pickup and I think he's he's Going to be getting a lot more minutes now that Pau Gasol is out for the next month, yeah. uh, and then the second thing was Pop actually got ejected right. during this game, the second quarter, uh, yelled "You're a terrible referee," at Benny Adams, which is accurate, not libelous, <laughs> 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 and and then a fellow referee threw him out of the game. Yeah. The best part of this, and you can find this on your Twitter account, Zach at Talk Hoops, uh, was that Pop Emmanuel Mudiay mimicked the referee throwing him out of the game right I, in front of Pop. I
2: don't know if the official ejected Pop or if Emmanuel Moutier ejected Pop. It <laughs> happened at the exact same time.
1: <laughs> just, well, you're out.
2: A couple of really great angles on it where uh, you see him deliver the second tee and throw him out. <laughs> just fantastic. I love this league so much.
1: It's so much fun. We're going to get into the player voting a little bit, which is also so great tremendous. to dissect. Yeah. I'm, I'm very glad that they gave players a vote because it's there's just a lot of like Little nitpicky things yeah. that are are actually pretty indicative of. I about think like seventy-eight percent
2: of players voted, so not even everyone voted. It's it's, great.
1: Yeah, it's better than U.S. presidential election yeah, turnouts. Yeah, that's, that's true. So, whatever. <laughs> uh, we wanted to talk about Dante Exum a little bit in this segment, and in particular whether or not he's a any good right now, and B will ever become good, which are you know the big right. questions regarding Dante Exum.
2: No, uh, and yes.
1: Yeah, I I think right now I don't know that he has an NBA skill that like keeps him on the floor. I mean, right? he's, a, Which,
2: he's still a solid defender, right?
1: I like he's making enough mistakes that I don't know I can I believe in that right now.
2: Okay, fair enough. I I still think he's a solid defender. Um, he uh, I mean, offensively, if he's not going to the basket, I I just don't know what you do.
1: He's he's not a good shooter, right? Whatsoever.
2: can he's like thirty one percent or something like that. Uh, I've got from his stats three. here. Yeah. Um. And, and it's just, it seems painfully obvious to scouting reports now that he will not attack with his left hand. Right. Okay, I mean, he's ex- 27%, 27%. Three. Okay. Uh, he's extremely right-handed, which, yes. um, you know, you just can't be in the NBA.
1: Right. And yeah, I scouting reports have picked up on that. You can tell. Yeah. And they just make him go to his left and he can't go to his left. And so he doesn't do right. anything. Right. Like he, he can't, you can't be an assist man if you can't penetrate right like you can't make the defense move and and do what you want to do right the vision doesn't help you at all
2: I also look at it though and and maybe this is overvaluing what we think potential can be with him um but it is like he is just very inexperienced Mm -hmm. you know and so I don't know how good he should be right now coming off an ACL injury probably better than this I mean I don't think you absolve him of his bad play but uh but yeah like I don't I don't know I think he's I think he's got some. I think he's got some talent. I think he's got a lot of awareness and you know understanding to figure out, and that will happen with experience and time.
1: If you're his agent, do you send him to the D League?
2: I think it would benefit. I get the idea of if he doesn't play well there, then that's a huge confidence rip, right?
1: Yeah, but he hasn't played well in the NBA. You yeah. Know, like, if you're not playing well in the D League, you've got bigger problems, quite frankly, right. than your confidence. Right. Right. Um, you're just.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he should try a game there. Yeah, and I see. agree. Like I just, you need reps, and he need, and he needs reps that give him confidence as well, not just knowledge, but confidence. Do
1: do you still believe that he can become a good player? You know. Yeah, absolutely. Even an All Star level player. I
2: don't All Star. That seems pretty far, right?
1: Yeah, like there's a ton of difference. Yeah,
2: like I I mean, a a guy who currently can't shoot, can't dribble with his left hand, and. We're not sure how good of a defender he's been, at least right. recently. Like, I mean, to say like he can become an all star, probably, Kay. probably extreme.
1: Right. And, and I mean, I think that's fair to say that that was the hope yeah. for him. Could he be he a drafted. starting point
2: guard? Absolutely.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I, I kind of share that too, that I, I don't think that his ceiling is as high as, you know, I think Jazz fans hope. Right. He's got to figure out too many things, quite frankly, yeah. to be that kind of all star level player.
2: Also, though, um, I mean, Two healthy off seasons where you can just go out, you know, go at it and work on, work on skill development and work on, you know, shooting and all this stuff. Like you give him two summers and I know that's not ideal with like contract times and everything, but you give him two summers, like you could see a gigantic improvement with him.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. Um, Is it such that you would say that it's a bad pick?
2: No, no, because would he be this bad had he not torn his ACL? I highly doubt it. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I stuff happens. Like, right. injuries happen. It's not like he's injured to the point where he's busted, right? Like, he's not Greg Oden busted. Right. He had an injury. It set him back his development. He'll probably be fine.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a good point. And I think... Yeah, you know, we'll we'll see how he does in the second half of the year and next year, especially. I think this offseason is huge, huge, huge Gigantic, for him, right? Yeah. You know, it's whether or not he gets another contract in the NBA, uh, at least more uh, than a I think that's dramatic. Anthony yeah. Bennett got a one. I mean, he got a one year minimum deal, but now he's out of the league.
2: Yeah, Anthony Bennett was worse than this. Okay, <laughs> I mean, that's, much worse. That's fair. Yeah,
1: he, For what it's worth, Dante has the second lowest PER of players who have played as many minutes as he has in NBA history. Yeah, I mean, he's like a thousand players. He hasn't know, had it's, a lot of it's good time good. on the court. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, think he can. I think he can improve. I'm still kind of hopeful. I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket. Right. Yeah. All take right. some eggs out. We gotta take. A, <laughs> we gotta take a break. On the other side, we've got All Star talk and starters announced next on the Salt City Hoops Show on ESPN 700.
0: You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. Uh, by the way, this is a social show, so you guys can ask any questions you want on Twitter. Or uh, you can even call into the show to 877 353 Again, that's 877 353 Tweet us at Andy B. Larson or at Talk Hoops, just like our friend Jamo did. Jamo Hole is his Twitter handle. He yeah. asks, do the Jazz look to lock up Ingles before the end of the season or wait till the summer and roll the dice? Well, the the bad news is they can't. Right, r- lock him up before the end of the season. So it's not like George Hill and uh, Derek, Derek yeah, it's Favors', Derek Favors yeah. contract that they can uh, basically renegotiate as as part of an extension. Uh, Ingles is not eligible for that because his initial contract was only two years, not long enough right. for a renegotiation renegotiation extension kind of setup. So weird
2: extension rules that I don't like in the NBA. I guess I'm, you know. what
1: would you prefer? Would you prefer you can just do it whenever? Yeah. Yeah. Why not?
2: Why not? What's the what's the problem with that?
1: I don't know. Like Yeah. I, it seems fine.
2: It probably stifles some player movement.
1: I guess you they could ne- ha-
2: they only want to stifle player movement when it's poorly affected them.
1: The other thing I guess is it also stifles like player sitouts, right, where they don't play in order to get a contract renegotiated. Right. But whatever.
2: Well, I guess whatever prevents that happens in the holdouts, NFL, right? Yeah. yeah, holdouts is a bummer. Yeah, if it's if that's what it takes to prevent holdouts, okay. I'm right. in.
1: So you're, you're pro it?
2: I guess so. I guess I've, <laughs> I've talked myself back into it. Change your mind.
1: Uh, anyway, yeah. Tweet us if you have any more questions. Um, here's, a, here's a trade idea that just came into my head while we watched this Washington Ooh. Wizards-New York Knicks game. Uh, Wizards currently lead the Knicks by five. By the way, the Heat uh, currently lead the Dallas Mavericks by three to Jazz's next opponent tomorrow. Yeah. Um, what if w- Would you trade Derek Favors for Carmelo Anthony? if in a magical world he would be willing to waive his no trade clause ooh mello uh, older obviously yeah. uh
2: but does mello take a back seat to gordon hayward probably not
1: probably not and you probably would like him to on the court
2: yeah that's i mean uh, so you start mello at the four right talent wise i like it yeah i mean mello, mello, uh, i i know we are supposed to not like carmelo anthony in this Uh, 2017 World of NBA, but I still think he's awesome. Like I don't think (laughs) he's as awesome as he used to be. I still think you put him, you put him on not the Knicks. I think like in a good organization with structure, I think he could be pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'm I I agree with that. I don't know
2: that it fits this team. I mean, maybe that allows Quinn to play more up tempo.
1: Does it? I don't know. I, I, It allows him to space the floor. To yeah. me, that's that's what you would do with him—is play him as a four. Space, yeah. Although then, I mean,
2: Melo hasn't really shot the three that well this year, right? I, I don't know. I think he's like thirty-four percent. That could have been like a month ago when I checked.
1: Still, probably the Jazz's best power oh. forward three-point shooter. Oh, I thought you were going to say best shooter. No, I thought, that, <laughs> I thought that's a hot take. <laughs> it's a very hot take. Carmelo uh, shooting
2: thirty-five point seven percent. All right, better, better than I thought. Yeah, it's
1: better than Rodney Hood.
2: Whoa, Ooh. by like point
1: 0.1%. By like, yeah, 1%. But.
2: No, oh, he's like 35.6, let's, isn't he? Let's look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing out these
1: Rodney Hood bombs. Just hating on Rodney. Yeah, 35.8%. <laughs> oh, he's. Oh, my God. Come on. Oh, I'm such a Rodney Hood hater oh, today. This is awful. I like Rodney. Apparently <laughs> not. <laughs>
2: Rumor has it that you were upset when he hadn't torn his ACL.
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> cried. The tears of sadness. Yeah. Uh I'm yeah an awful human being. Anyway, <laughs> Rodney, I love you. Rodney is actually maybe my favorite jazz player to talk to in the locker He's room. great.
2: I love watching him play. I love talking to him. Yeah. He's great.
1: Anyway, All-Star starters announced yes. today. Chaos. And a whole lot of oh, a whole lot of controversy. A lot
2: of people in their feelings, a lot of people angry.
1: You know what? But it's the people out there, our listeners, the fan voters who really mess this up. Yep. It's, so it's Steph Curry and James Harden as your starting backcourt, mm. and not Russell Westbrook, who is currently averaging a triple double,
2: whilst leading the league in scoring. Yeah, that seems good.
1: He's all, first first in the league in assists as well, or is he second?
2: Uh, he might be behind Wall.
1: That's right, and then he's twelfth, I believe, in rebounds per game, which right. is you which know pretty good for, a, a, for point a point guard. For a point
2: guard, that's pretty good. <laughs>
1: uh, but not not a starter, because I mean, in in the fans' defense, Steph Curry is the Former two-time reigning.
2: Sort of face of the league, right? Unanimous MVP. Yeah. But like, it's him and he LeBron. He probably
1: shouldn't have started.
2: I don't know. Fans wanted him. Yeah, okay. Fine. This is But this is the problem, right? It's not who deserves to start. It's who gets votes. Right. That's what it is. And so this is my problem of people saying, this guy deserves to start. Not if you didn't vote for him enough. Yeah. That's, the, I, I mean, that's how, more. yeah, that's how it breaks down. Like, if people thought Russ deserved to start, they should have voted more for him. Yeah. And and then so it breaks down. 50% of the vote goes to the fans, 25% to the media, 25% to the players. Correct. Players, only about 78% of the players voted. Right. So, I mean, what do you do? You got fans not voting enough, players not voting enough, players voting for themselves.
1: I like the voting for yourselves. So. I do
2: like this chaos part <laughs> of it. I got to admit, I really do like how poorly it seems to have gone. Yes. Um. But, yeah, like I, James Harden and Russell Westbrook would be my starting backcourt for the All-Star game, right? Yeah but they they're not so get over it right vote more next time next year
1: yeah get get more friends yeah get more bots millions create bots friends. to retweet yeah. uh, get millions the, of friends the georgians are doing that the, the, your solutions get millions of friends <laughs> yes. wow well you got to wield influence I'd start somehow. with ten. 10 10 is a, a good number yeah, of friends to it's have it's a solid number yeah uh, <laughs> i i strive for 10 friends right uh no, you had the dinner last night where there were I I sh- like paid people to come, but I right. had ten friends.
2: You <laughs> almost paid for half the table.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that was that was close. Yeah, was risky move by me. Anyway, uh, All-Star Western Conference front court is Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. I have no
2: problem with that. That's that's good. Seems pretty three probably best front court players in the league, right? Yeah. Like you go argue Ooh. Boogie Cousins, LeBron up James. There? I mean, in the West. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do I say? The league, yeah. not the league. LeBron's good. <laughs> okay, uh, you could argue Boogie Cousins deserves a sp- deserves a starting spot um, yeah. based on merit, but uh, he didn't get the votes. So what yeah, do you I'm,
1: Yeah, I'm completely fine with that front court. I think yeah. that's a very obvious front court. And then in the Eastern Conference, uh, again controversy with the guards. I think it's fair to say. Uh, yeah. Where Demar DeRozan and Kyrie Irving were the were the starting backcourt.
2: Mine would have been uh, Kyle Lowry and John Wall.
1: Yeah, two different players. Yeah. I mean, I think I would have gone Kyle and I, I waffled between Isaiah and Kyrie.
2: I mean, nobody wants to watch Isaiah Thomas. This is my problem. I, nobody wants to watch a short guy take all the shots.
1: It's a possible that you don't want to watch a short guy take all the shots and you're projecting a little bit. No. Okay. Not possible
2: <laughs> at all. This is a 100% fact. <laughs> just
1: just asking. If,
2: if Isaiah Thomas was on the Knicks, there isn't a single Celtics fan that would like him.
1: No, of course not. Right, but if he was on the Knicks, he'd also get more All Star votes.
2: I don't know. Carmelo didn't.
1: Oh, well, that's. And that's you just tried point. to trade him to the
2: Jazz. <laughs> <I did>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's not coming. Had a had a meeting with Phil Phil Jackson, sure. saying he's not waving his trade no trade deal. Yeah, which, shocker.
2: Right. Uh, so who's the East? East the East is DeRozan East. and Kyrie Irving.
1: Yeah, and then in the front court you got LeBron, Giannis Antetok- Antetokounmpo, and Jimmy Butler.
2: Yeah, I'm fine with the front court. Yeah. Um, I maybe would have swung. No, yeah, I'm fine with the tr- with the front court. I was thinking, do I want Chris Steps in there? But I just want Chris Steps in there for fun. Yeah. Um, but,
1: oh, I mean, Joel Embiid would be another fun front. Yeah, court like choice, I mean, again-
2: I I think that's a possibility for a reserve. Um, is it crazy that Kyrie Irving and DeMar DeRozan are the starting backcourt though? They're all stars, right? Like yeah. they should be on the team. Yeah. So then I don't know what's it's, what are we doing? It's fine. Yeah.
1: Like right,
2: it would have been mine, but. The, but Steph Curry I, should be on the team it's not like kobe bryant and Dwayne wade got voted in right, right? like that's that was the
1: worst kobe bryant had like you could make an argument that he had the worst season of all time last year yeah uh and still got voted except in. for the last game last right. game was, was pretty good was <laughs> an unfortunate moment in my personal history yeah <laughs> uh yeah but anyway besides that that hadn't happened by all-star voting right. time we'll put it that
2: way um are you disappointed at the number of votes for jazz players by fans uh, I, I had a couple of jazz fans really complaining to me about, like, how did, how's Rudy Gobert not started? And my thing was, you didn't vote.
1: Rudy Go- and also, Rudy Gobert shouldn't start. Right. right. Like, he's not one of the top three front court players. Right, exactly. Um, and he
2: hasn't had one of the top three front court se- seasons, but, right?
1: You know, he's had a better season than, like, Steven Adams, right? Or Pau sure. Gasol or Ryan Anderson or, you know, a whole sure. bunch of these guys ahead of him. And for that, I think it's fair to say, like, yo, jazz fans, you know, maybe you should have voted more. I mean, so, I mean- like, Rudy Gobert got 124,000 votes. And that's the, embarrassing to me. The Jazz Twitter account, for example, has 600,000 followers. Right. So. five five hundred
2: uh, 561,000 followers for the Jazz Twitter account. Okay. 1.2 million likes on Facebook. You get Rudy Gobert 124,000 votes. Like, to me, it's just on the fans. Like, wh- yeah. whether the players and media would have voted them in anyway.
1: And they wouldn't have. Right.
2: You're looking at, or as starters, you're looking at uh, 124,000 votes for... For Rudy Gobert. Like, I just think right. that's embarrassing. I think, I think that's is. And
1: 160000 ob- for Gordon Hayward, by the way. Right. I mean, so, come on. Again,
2: like, that's crazy to me.
1: So, even to be in the top 10, Mark Gasol was 10th right now, actually, to end it at 273000 So, Gordon Hayward was still 113000 behind, even getting on that top 10 leaderboard, right, exactly. right? Where you get to show your name off. Yeah. You know, Dale get- McGee got 229000
2: I mean he is an all-star talent though. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, and there are, I mean there's
2: there's some concern that like one Zaza Pachulia got that many votes because of hacking or right. bots or whatever. Um there are a lot of people that said if like when they voted for when they voted for Kawhi Leonard immediately like 10 to 20 bots were Retweeting. As soon as they tweeted that, they were mm. retweeted immediately by people who didn't follow them.
1: So really, you can either find more jazz fan friends or get better at coding, or
2: watch Mister Robot. Yeah, that's that's what I would do.
1: John Wall just made an incredible play. He's by the good. Way. Just should be an all star in my opinion. Up one, gets a steal, and then goes behind the back in transition yeah. to get get the dunk. He, like, avoid the foul. He's stupid good. Yeah, that was that was impressive. Anyway, uh, not an all star yet. No, <laughs> but. I think, but he will be in a week, right? Yeah, I'm with you that you know. Ultimately, the fans probably could have and should have voted more, but I and I don't think that there are a lot of like jazz casual fans that have bought into this. Well, here's the
2: here's the thing that I think though about this whole. I don't think there are a lot of fans that understand the voting system. Hmm. I really don't. I mean if you look at the number of votes coming out for guys compared to them in the past when you have like the paper ballots that you punch holes in and stuff.
1: Yeah, why isn't that still a thing?
2: I have no idea. Those were fun. I guess people just didn't want to count those anymore. That so is they a just want to count tweets? I, but is- whatever it was like I think there uh, there is a large sect uh, to us we know the voting t- cuz we're in this NBA bubble, right? right? But I don't I don't think there are a lot of people even social media people uh, following these team accounts that understand the voting system and how you take advantage of it and everything. So I just, I think it's a voting system that people are unaware of. Okay. And that's why voting is lower and that's why um, you don't see the turnout for, you know, someone like Rudy Gobert or whatever. I think if you had those ballots in the arena, yeah, probably double his votes, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I think point. a lot of people would have done that.
1: You get more in-arena votes for Rudy Gobert than you might for, like, Nikola Jokic who, right. again, the Nuggets don't have fans. Right,
2: they have 80 people at the game. Right. Counting players. <laughs>
1: I'm glad we counted. I'm pretty them. sure that's right. <laughs> yeah. Jokic did finish ahead of both Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert, by the way. Yeah. Anyway.
2: Those 80 people voted a lot.
1: My favorite was the player votes. Again, as yeah. you pointed out, 25% of the voting this year. This is great. Uh, and 324 players out of the 400 and whatever-ish players. 440-ish players, players yeah, yeah. that uh, that exists in the NBA. Uh, and there are some fun fun things that, that went on here. So first of all, uh, Zaza Pachulia... Not just didn't just hack the the Twitter system. Also hacked the players. So because you, all right, nineteen players voted for Zaza. You
2: got to think the entire Warriors roster voted and voted for him, right? Okay. That's fourteen or fifteen votes. I don't know how many people they exactly they have on the roster. Yeah. So four other players. So four four, other four, players four or five did. other players. Like
1: you know what? Why not? And yeah, I mean that to me is like a protest vote. That's like yeah, don't ever ask us to vote don't, again. Yeah, like, I never want to do the this fans again. Fans do it. The right. Fans wanted it. Yeah, Zaza.
2: This is voting in Harambe or whatever. Like, this is a yeah, write in vote. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but Harambe in this one, you know, finished 11th, 12th in player vote. So Right. Or, and Harambe is Zaza Pajulia. Right. Stephen Adams was 10th. So, yeah. Stephen Adams should not start an all star game.
2: No. How, no did get,
1: how did he get 20 votes?
2: Because no one took it seriously.
1: How did, how, so bec- maybe because he's alphabetically first?
2: Oh, maybe that, maybe they just went that down the list. That might be it. Yeah.
1: Ooh. That, that. Too
2: bad this wasn't around when Alla Abdinali was playing. <laughs>
1: that that's a good. I I wonder how much that had an effect on. I kind of now titles. that you
2: mentioned, I hadn't considered it. I think that's a hundred percent of why he got votes. No, I <laughs> love there, Stephen. Is there Adams.
1: anybody above him alphabetically? I I think he is first alphabetically yeah. among Western Conference. I'm in on players. this idea. Yeah, I, I bet that's why. Okay, yeah. makes me feel good. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh Gordon Hayward got a surprising number of player votes, by the way. Twenty nine people thought he should be a front court starter.
2: He's an excellent player.
1: Excellent player, but like better than Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, Marcus Gasol, et cetera, et cetera.
2: No, but also how many people took this seriously? Uh, yeah, I I mean that's that that's the troubling thing that you come back to. But is, how
1: do you how do you take it medium seriously? Like enough seriously to vote Gordon Hayward I, in and well, not
2: one, I think the Denver team voted as a team absolutely because Wilson Chandler has 14 votes
1: yeah that's <laughs> yeah that's meanwhile <laughs> the Lakers did not vote as a team by the way no D'Angelo Russell got one vote
2: Marcelo Huertas got also two got,
1: no he got one oh uh, Jose Calderon got two I think
2: Tariq Black got three. Oh boy <laughs> yeah so this Nick Young thing with D'Angelo <laughs> yep. Russell still feeling it
1: yeah not not well liked among no, his teammates
2: Apparently not
1: that's that's a bad sign for D'Angelo Russell yeah. Uh, Cole Aldrich got three
2: Yeah Andrew Wiggins got five So Only two people Voted for Wiggins Over Cole Aldrich
1: That's I mean That sucks (laughs) Those And they were probably Timberwolves Yeah
2: And yeah You have a lot of One vote guys um, Voting for themselves I'm sure
1: yeah, how did Wilson Chandler get 14 votes? Cuz like, to I, I re- Mario only got 11.
2: Yeah, but, like Jokic got 17. How many like how many players around the league think like, oh, you know what? Jokic should be an all-star? No one. Right. Other than 17 people.
1: How did uh, other than how are there 20 players who think Stephen Adams like it just Well, it here's
2: the out. here's the here's my favorite one is uh Chris Middleton who has not played yet this year. Got two votes. <laughs>
1: Uh, Bryce Johnson, who at least, like, at least we've heard of Chris Middleton. Right, he's he's played before and he's good. Bryce Johnson's never (laughs) played a second. (laughs) Never played an NBA game. Also got two votes. Yeah. Uh, I mean.
2: Rayshon Rondo got a vote. So Rayshon Rondo voted. That's exciting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just think, like, so here's what I'm I'm laughing most about. Didn't Mo Williams retire? He, uh, he got traded this week. He got traded, but he's, like, retiring. Yeah, I think he's. He got a vote. He he got waived this week, and I yeah. think he said he's not coming back. Yeah, but like, but at he, least, the, but there the player voting happened before the trade and the. But he hadn't
2: played the season. Like he yeah. he retired. He effectively retired before the season.
1: So do do they get votes if you're still on a roster somewhere? Do you still get to vote? Probably right.
2: I want to know if anyone tried to vote for Kobe.
1: Mm. They just typed it in. Yeah,
2: Emmanuel Mudiay got 11 votes.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely De- the Denver. Nuggets. Denver showed out. Yeah. Proud of proud of the Nuggets. They don't have any fans, but they have no. fans within their
2: own <laughs> But they like their, each other.
1: Yeah. <laughs> within their own locker room. They're they're big fans. Isn't it
2: interesting that um that CJ McCollum got more player votes than Chris Paul?
1: Ooh. That is interesting.
2: Also that either of them would get votes in a year where Russ <laughs> is averaging a triple double, James Harden's getting fifty point triple doubles. Yeah. There Steph are two, Curry exists. There
1: are two slots for Russ, James Harden and Steph Curry, and like dozens of players yeah. are like actually Lillard gets 33 McCollum McCollum gets
2: 23 Paul 22 Conley 14 or 17 Clay Thompson 14 like
1: how did Rodney Hood get 10 votes all jazz jazz must have voted so but then so how do you how do 10 people on the jazz vote for Rodney Hood and I don't know
2: George Hill got nine
1: George Hill got nine okay yeah and he doesn't deserve it because played 60 mountain
2: time zone voting (laughs) real turnout for the mountain time zone
1: It's just it's just fascinating all of these like intra player. So many players just don't like other players. The other one is Draymond Green, right? Like finished fifth in the fan voting and finished I think eighth or ninth in the the player voting. Right. Like
2: players really don't like Draymond Green.
1: The idea is that the players should know the little things about the game, right? Like they should recognize the the true the otherwise un. Loved players by the fans right. and vote accordingly. Draymond Green is like the perfect example of that player who just does the little things well and helps his team win, right? Fans voted for him more. Yeah. Media voted for him more.
2: Carl Anthony Towns got 20 votes. You know me. I love Cat He shouldn't get a vote except for himself.
1: Yeah. Like, and again, there are 10 players. So yeah, ten of those were wolves, but ten of those were non-wolves. Right. And, like what are, are they just Kentucky guys?
2: Oh, that's probably a good a good point. Is that that school affiliation? Yeah. So I think that's part Kentucky of why, I guys think are very tight.
1: Nationality is a thing. Like sure. I think the Brazilians. I think maybe that's where Marcelo Huertas' vote came from. Okay. Uh, <laughs> or Boris Dio's vote came from. Right. Because I don't think Boris voted for himself.
2: He seems too proud to do something like right. that. Yeah. So
1: probably like Fournier voted for him sure. or something. But right. Anyway. Yeah, just like Omar Oshik got a vote. Definitely deserving.
2: Oh Hands <laughs> of stone. It's it's incredible. Anyway. Um, what surprised you about the media vote?
1: Uh, That Chris Paul got a vote, right? <laughs> Is that harsh? Chris Paul got a vote, and Clay Thompson, Thompson got a vote. Got a vote. Um,
2: do you think that the, Beyond that
1: the I was I was surprised that DeMar DeRozan got votes and the second most votes out of any Yeah, that's surprised, and that that
2: tipped him over Isaiah Thomas who right. got the most votes for the media.
1: Right, but that he was second allowed right. the average to work out so that um, Isaiah was not named a starter.
2: Right. Uh Rudy Gobert got a vote from the media.
1: That's fine. He doesn't deserve more than one.
2: Right. Uh Karl-Anthony Towns got 3. which is crazy. Yeah, DeAndre Jordan got 1. Um but it I wonder if it if it's a peak towards what MVP voting might be like. Mm. Um, not that these will be the exact same voters, but Russell Westbrook gets two more votes than James Harden. Mm. Although, I mean, I think, I don't know how you feel about this. I'd probably put James Harden as my MVP right now.
1: Yeah, I, I think I would too. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not going to be mad if someone votes Westbrook.
2: Right, so, yeah, if someone said, no, nah, it's Westbrook, then alright, I'm not going to fight you on that, but I, I would pick James Harden right now. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that Westbrook got two more votes.
1: But I, uh, I mean, maybe because Steph got uh, I guess nah, I don't. I don't know that that works because they're all g- kind of point guards. You
2: know what I love about this too is on Twitter, watching the fan alliances mm, come together. Warriors and uh, Rockets fans mm-hmm. joined forces because one, Warriors fans want Steph in there, right? And two, Rockets fans want Russ kind of downgrade a little bit. Oh, wait, just James Harden MVP race.
1: MVP, ah,
2: same time. How Thunder you, fans, how Cavs you- fans come together because they want Russ in there kay. over Steph. Cavs fans don't like Steph, no. based on the last two finals. Real, real survivor stuff happening that's, here. That's pretty great. Yeah, uh, I, I really got, uh, I really got a kick out of that watching that on Twitter. <laughs>
1: that's uh, yeah.
2: But you saw a lot of like I saw a lot of Rockets people that I follow or or get retweeted into my timeline. They're like, you know what? I don't. I'm not mad at Steph making it over Russ. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not mad at it, but I you're a little too casual about this for me.
1: Yeah. You need to, you need to care. It's, it's also like they're all on the all-star team. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter that much, but uh, I I was legitimately surprised about DeMar DeRozan getting 55 media votes and Kyle Lowry only getting 27. Like I I just just thought we watched. I just think
2: Lowry's been so much better. I wonder how much of this is start of the year. It was, Oh my God, DeRozan's, you know scored, 40 a game. Yeah, 40 a game, 35 40 a game. And if that and yeah, you know, I think a lot of it is we pay attention to everything at the at the beginning of the year and then a lot of people, you know, there's only so much time you have, especially media members that probably have families and are traveling all the time and all this stuff, and I wonder if that first impression carried over into their voting. Whereas Kyle Lowry, I think has just been much better.
1: Yeah, I agree. I didn't realize we, we spent a lot of time talking about this. Okay, now we got to take a break now. I want to do, we'll do our All Star Reserve picks at the end of the show. Cool. Sure. And then we got to go around the NBA next segment. So, around the NBA, all the latest Can't news wait. and notes from around the National Basketball Association. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show
0: on ESPN 700. We're scanning the league from coast to coast. This is Around the NBA on Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700.
1: All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoop show. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. We've got a lot of news from around the association uh, this week, so we'll get started real quick. First of all, news from tonight. Pau Gasol broke his ring finger in his left hand, fractured it, I guess, but he's uh, no timeline yet, but based on similar injuries, probably out about four to six weeks. Yeah, uh,
2: tough break, literally, but um, Dwayne Deadman, very good. Yes, Very good rim protector. They've got depth to to make it work. I'll be fine.
1: Uh, Rudy Gobert towards Achilles probably not fine for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, and what does he do in free agency now? He's got an opt-in for, I think, seventeen million dollars uh, something along with those lines. Kings. yeah, so he could either opt out and get a free agency deal coming off an Achilles tear or stay with it, make seventeen, and hopefully show that he's where he was for next off season? Like yeah, I rough? mean, uh,
2: you look at uh, what two years ago, West Matthews tore his Achilles in like March. Right. Still ended up with you know seventy ish million dollars from the from the Mavericks. I don't know that you can just expect that if you're Rudy Gay. It doesn't completely <laughs> doom his free agency chances, but yeah, I think maybe the move is that you you opt in and then you try again.
1: The harder thing is West Matthews. I think could have fit on any team, and so there was a lot of uh demand for his services right yeah Gay is a much more ball dominant player that right. doesn't fit on in a lot of systems right. and
2: i mean i don't know i still think there's value with him as a stretch four.
1: oh i do, I, I do too um but uh, so four is a pretty deep position around the league right and so yeah. are you gonna pay your backup for 17 million dollars a year i
2: guess probably not right yeah
1: uh, Chris Paul out for six to eight weeks after thumb surgery undergone yesterday. Yeah. Um. So that uh, it's probably good news for the Utah Jazz in terms of moving up to probably the four seed right now. They're only two games back of the Los Angeles Clippers now with both Chris Paul and Blake Griffin out. I
2: think this potentially helps the Clippers in the playoffs because yeah, I that? I think that they should be running their playoff offense through Blake Griffin anyway.
1: Through Austin Rivers. Through Austin Rivers. <laughs> uh, wait 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 wait! What? Not through the point God?
2: I think they wear him down. I think he does too much in the playoffs. I think they need to transition more into a balance, or even more dominance with Blake Griffin, and allow Chris Paul to be a guy that for half a quarter you kick out to, and he either makes a shot or he makes the the next pass. Hmm. Um, I think it saves Chris Paul from wearing down. I think Blake Griffin's good enough to make it work. Interesting. So I, I think mean, hopefully I, they can. I wrote about this site on on FanRagSports.com slash NBA. Oh, that's uh, so like a good website. Check that out.
1: Uh, yeah, and. They're paying you money. And they're paying so, me money to do it. Great.
2: So check that out as well.
1: Uh, the 76ers are good now. Kinda. I think they've won five of the last eight. Yeah. Uh, and Joel Embiid is doing some fun things. He's a monster. The fans are chanting, trust the process. Yeah. While he's shooting free throws.
2: He uh, grabbed the tuchus of uh, Dario Saric after a big block. Yeah. Last game. Um He's Joel Embiid's just so good.
1: Seven and three in their last ten, the Sixers are. Yeah,
2: and he's awesome defensively. Like he yeah. really is for a rookie. I mean, I know he's been around three years, so you can kind of learn stuff a little bit more. But to until you actually Not get really. to apply yeah. it, I mean, you get to have some understanding.
1: I guess. Yeah, I guess you can practice. Now nah, you couldn't really. Even you can't practice really practice, but, team, but I, just,
2: I don't know. You watch film with okay. NBA people, you okay. learn stuff. But still, to be able to apply it as quickly as he has, insane.
1: Yeah, uh, that team's a lot of fun to watch right now, and they're great. Like. Yeah, just put a Sixers game on TV over a Heat Bulls game, which right? Is pretty... Which is
2: the correct call, by the way. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch Heat Bulls.
1: Certainly not. Uh, Chris Middleton might come back by the All Star break now, which uh, people thought he would be out for the whole season. Yeah,
2: huge boost if that happens, and he's able to come back, you know, healthy and safe and everything. Um, he's just he's an awesome three and D e guy. He can make plays. Uh, with you know, passing the ball, he's he's so good. Adding him to a, this Bucks team is fun.
1: I'm rooting for the Bucks. I think they're one of the best stories in the East. If yeah, everything comes together. Malcolm I mean, Brogdon's good. Yeah, obviously. Um, Giannis is great. Yeah, Giannis I, is amazing. Jabari's s- been fun. Still like Deli. Um, he's a good pickup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jabari's step this year has been
2: Michael Beasley, exists? NBA champion. Michael Beasley in the future. We'll have oh, to find out.
1: Well, I don't know. Well, we'll we'll see. <laughs> uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of Yahoo Sports says that the Minnesota Timberwolves are shopping Ricky Rubio. We sure. go to Zach Harper for your thoughts.
2: Yeah, they, just like they were in October. Right. The Kings want him. The Wolves don't have the Wolves don't desire anything the Kings have. Um, actually, the it might, maybe the Rudy Rudy Gay injury kills that because you could have seen you know, Phibs just being swap. talked into yeah because it makes the money works and thinking oh well we need you know some stretch forward depth and everything. Um, you could have seen that maybe happen. Now I think it kills that deal. And uh, I still have said all year like I think he gets traded on draft night or the first week of free agency.
1: Yeah, I mean who's who plays point guard? Because Chris Dunn has really struggled all year, right? Yeah, he's uh, been bad. I mean,
2: I don't. I I think he I think Adrian Wojnarowski is getting good information. I think that the Wolves have been shopping him and the Wolves have probably tried to you know entice the deal by putting him and Shabazz Muhammad together. I also think whenever there are rumors, I look, who does this benefit the
1: most? Who does this benefit the
2: most? Well, it it could have benefited the Kings. Uh, It's unlikely it would benefit the Wolves unless they're truly trying to drum up trade interest. Maybe it benefits Chris Dunn's agent.
1: (laughs) Okay. Maybe. No, no, that's that's a fair point.
2: That's kind of where you have to look, right? Agents drive a lot of this stuff. Yeah.
1: I I am surprised Chris Dunn is as unimpactful as he has been.
2: Yeah, Um, he's had some solid stretches defensively, but he's, he's been bad on offense. He's a worse shooter than Ricky Rubio. Uh, lower true shooting percentage. That's worse that's by not, that's like bad. a significantly lower true shooting percentage. That's not good. Yeah.
1: Uh, the Warriors broke ground on the new Chase Center in San Francisco. So like every Oakland team, they're moving out. Uh, <laughs> right. that's they
2: harsh. had Cirque du Soleil there.
1: I, in like construction gear and then they were had like dancing excavators. It was such
2: a production you would have thought like Batman had to swoop in to stop the evil villain from completing his plan. Yeah. Like that's, that's exactly, how weird it was.
1: It was it was very off kilter weird. Like no one was watching this and was like oh this is a good time right, <laughs> or right. I was like oh this is an evil billionaire. <laughs> yeah. Kind of doing something awful. Right. Like
2: <sighs> maybe Joe Legov's an evil billionaire. I'm it for evil billionaires. You are? Wow. Um, just, you know, we need something to overcome all the time. Right. Okay. (laughs) Sure. You know, it keeps things interesting.
1: Adversity. is Good.
2: Evil billionaire takes over the NBA. Sure.
1: I I do feel legitimately bad for people who live in Oakland who had like these good things and like, right. The, the warriors were a great thing for that city and, and it's kind of attempts at rebirth. Um, and yeah, now it's, yeah. Noted
2: Twitter fan, Samus Fendieri? Yeah, that's uh, fair. tweeted something that he lives in San Francisco it's going to take him 35 minutes to get to the new arena it takes him 41 minutes to get to the Oakland arena <laughs> that's kind of funny
1: so okay yeah it's not better for anybody right it? yeah
2: it's kind of a mess all around but they're going to make a ton of money on it right yeah. all right that's how well, it works
1: have, have fun with that uh, Rajan Rondo said you couldn't name three players on last year's Kings when he pointed out that he was last year's assist uh, leader right And he's saying, well, you can't even name the players that I passed to. And then Seth Curry, a member of the Kings last year, sent him a a link to a Sporkle quiz about who was on (laughs) the Kings.
2: Um, You know what what I couldn't name? One team that wants Rajon Rondo. (laughs) That's what I can't name right now.
1: (laughs) It's not good. I can name one player who voted for him in uh, (laughs) the All-Star starting process. I have an
2: idea who did it.
1: And (laughs) it may have been Rondo.
2: I hope his entire ballot was just him.
1: (laughs) I don't think you could do that right like it probably made you vote for Putin. probably because otherwise so many more players would have just voted for I would only think so themselves. yeah uh yeah Rondo's don't acquire Rondo it's it's a bad news bears kind of situation Nike is hosting is is doing the NBA sleeves next year or sorry NBA jerseys next year but they are not doing sleeves. Get them out. They're getting they're getting rid of the Adidas sleeve jerseys. Gotta the go. The uh, Jazz Pride jerseys are, are going to be short lived. Gotta go. Um, don't like them. It's a shame. I really don't like them. I like it's just because I like soccer. I like those. I like all the
2: rebranding the the Jazz did this year. I like the logo. I like the I love the court. Those those Pride jerseys gotta go.
1: I am a little bit worried about what Nike will do with the jerseys, just in general.
2: Yeah, right? you've seen the stuff they've done with like Oregon stuff, right. Oregon sports, right? Like yeah. it's yeah, I think they could get weird.
1: uh, don't do that nike
2: right don't get weird we don't need a we don't need an oregon duck situation in nba
1: i agree like adidas's like shoe designs are kind of weird but i think their jerseys are pretty good like in every sport they do
2: yeah they've been fine it's more a problem of what the teams provide with like colorways and and logos and everything
1: and they got to approve it i'm just i'm worried about nike yeah it
2: could get real weird
1: uh, Courtney Lee got benched for Ron Baker, which A is funny on its own merits, but B, uh, he responded by posting a dumb and dumber image to Instagram, which I'm sure again, had no connection at all. Why are all. the Knicks the way that they are?
2: Yeah. It should be an LOL Knicks segment.
1: I see a lot of Knicks fans trying to trade. That's not a bad idea, actually. It's not a bad idea. Uh, I see a lot of Knicks fans trying to trade Courtney Lee away, by the way. Is that something that any team should have interest in? Yeah. Okay. A lot of teams. Do you think. Like, I think he's good. Okay.
2: He's a good defender, he can hit threes. Um shocking. I was just
1: worried that he was benched for Ron Baker, but Yeah, I mean
2: they're playing Derrick Rose. I don't know how many good decisions (laughs) they're they've got right now. Right? Okay. Uh yeah. I know the Timberwolves went after him, couldn't really get a lot of traction this summer, but I think a lot of teams that can use a shooting guard, Courtney Lee's good.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, UConn's women's team broke the NCAA record with its 91st straight win.
2: Sounds That's, like a lot of straight wins.
1: You know, we we thought 90 or 73 and nine was impressive yeah. by the Warriors last year. 91 and 0, it's better.
2: I mean, we're impressed that the the Sixers have won seven out of ten. Yeah, so, 91, <laughs> 91 in a row. Pretty good.
1: <laughs> of their last 91, <laughs> right? That's a good stat. Uh, the NBA is looking at rule changes to speed up the end of games. I don't really know how you could do that in a reasonable... I don't way.
2: like any of the things that have been offered up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would I would s- reduce number of timeouts. I'm kind of fine with that. That's um, fine, yeah. Or use an advance, kind of like the D-League does, rather yeah. than a timeout. Uh, that saves a couple minutes, and I think that's something.
2: I far. don't think it should take more than 20 seconds to have a review done.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm I think, also think
2: review times would be cut in half if Ed Malloy was kicked out of the league.
1: <laughs> Just the average would go down. So you go way down. I
2: like it. It's a guarantee. If you... Ugh. If you could put money on this, I would bet my life savings on every single review he does that after he has reviewed it, he will walk back over to the sideline and pick the, and put the headphones on again mm. He and always needs one more check
1: and he does he also goes and, and consults with the other referees yeah. every time too
2: right I real I gotta see him order a pizza I just gotta <laughs> I just gotta see it I gotta see how he tries to decide on toppings
1: i I met Ed Molloy very proud to say Okay
2: I saw him at a Vegas uh pool. Okay. Of a hotel.
1: You go up and say hi or anything, you just not sign. a chance. <laughs> uh, the NBA's referee union is is like actually in kind of open warfare with Mark Cuban, yeah. which is fun. I'm digging this. Uh, so Woj published these like league memos to the refs. Uh, and the ref sent a whole bunch of the ref association sent a whole bunch of league memos that's basically detailing all of the mean things that Mark Cuban has done. Uh, To them in the last year yeah, The league sent out a memo last year Saying that like hey owners can't make fun Of referees anymore and Mark Cuban Shockingly continues to do it And the referees association is mad That he continues to do it Are there
2: a lot of guys worth what 8 to 10 billion dollars That you can tell them what to do I just just don't think so yeah. Not even the government can tell them what to do, right?
1: I thought Mark Cuban's point was actually really reasonable. Like, if if the refs are saying that this is affecting their refereeing, then that's saying that their refereeing can be affected by, like, people yelling right, at them, right? which is not supposed to be the which case. Is, right, which... <laughs> Is, I'm all I'm 100%
2: team Mark Cuban on this one.
1: I am too. Yeah. I like and I get that I like Cuban refereeing is his hard job. it's
2: super hard. I think we're too hard on referees. I still think I'm on his side.
1: I also just don't think he's done that terrible of things. Like he so they're saying that he called a referee terrible, which I didn't disagree with. Pop just did it. Yeah, Pop <laughs> right. <laughs> I do think uh that owners should be able to get technical fouls too. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree fair. with that. Yeah. And right now they can't. Yeah, so I
2: would be fine with that. I also think, um, I think the referees came out and said like owners shouldn't be allowed in the first twenty rows. Of right, the, that
1: should be a potential punishment. get, right? out, of like, get out of here. Yeah, That's well, so you're dumb. gonna kick them out of your their own building. Yeah. like no, get, you're, get out of here. And then the the second thing was they wanted them to be able to be removed by security if the refs so choose. I'm sure.
2: out <laughs> on that. No, just let them keep <laughs> racking up texts. They don't need two texts and they're ejected. Mark Cuban gets ten texts in a playoff game. That's even more fun for us. That,
1: that's a good point. Just yeah. like let them keep shooting free throws. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm totally like the Ref Association's been really weird recently. On yeah, they're like, they're forcing like the last two minute hatred. They become um, super entitled. I I <laughs> a little bit yeah. yeah
2: they have why? like publicly entitled.
1: Right, it, it's not a good look. No, uh, I think it's new like. Lawyers that they hired. I don't know. This sure. is getting too into baseball. Like, <laughs> it's it's a weird. It's it's weird. They should they should stop this. Yeah. All right. Ref the game. <laughs> yep. Do it. Good. Yeah. All right. We got to take a break. On the other side, we've got our all star reserves that we want to pick. Ooh, I got to um, pick some. Yeah. Okay. We'll get, get, get it done real quick. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show. Oh, and a couple uh, reader questions as well. Yeah. Listener, Twitter questions, whatever. Somebody. Next on
0: the Salt City Hoop Show. Anya Span, 700. Um... <coughs> Yo, this is G-Time right here. The home of the best Utah jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: Ah, yes, Gordon Hayward's too big, yo. Uh, He was live streaming a video game. This week, uh, Hearthstone, I think it's called. Um, sure. And in the chat, he confirmed that he did indeed write the lyrics to the song. Wow. Which someone, there was a rumor apparently that he outsourced it to somebody else, but no, he confirmed that okay. these, are, these are all his.
2: JJ Reddick and Ryan Anderson used to get in the studio and flow a bit, so really? I wonder if Gordon can, can get involved in uh, that.
1: He did also say that his rapping days were done. Uh,
2: that's a shame. Cause, <laughs> Maybe. I mean, this is you know peak. what? Gordon Hayward makes the All-Star game, I'm guaranteeing he raps. I don't know how I can guarantee that, but, but I'm doing it.
1: <laughs> I'll guarantee he doesn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that if that makes anything better. Sure. Uh, we've got a couple Twitter questions. Actually, maybe just one, but uh from Riley O'Brien, this season has been fantastic thus far, but I have to know who do you guys think is the jazz's starting point guard in two years? George Hill. Yeah, I think it's probably George Hill. Yep. Uh because in my mind, the Jazz really want to re-sign him. I think George Hill's fine with staying here. Yeah. You know, the other alternative is going back to San Antonio and being their point guard, right, which um, which is very real and a very good possibility for yeah. him. But I think Jazz would still be considered favorites in that discussion. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, and then he's your starter point guard.
2: Who's the starting power forward?
1: That one's harder. I don't know that. Uh, I think it's somebody we don't know yet. Ooh. Honestly. Like I don't I don't think it's Eric Favors. Wow. I don't think it's Trey Lyles. Anthony Davis? I don't think it's Anthony okay. <laughs> Davis. <laughs> I would say all of those are I would like I think Favors could get moved before he's a free agent and right. if he and if this continues I think he may end up getting a better offer from another team that doesn't have to give money to Rodney Hood that free agency period. Sure. Um, and Trey Lyles I believe is up for an extension that year as well. So Right. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of money to give out, and I think favors right now. Just looking at the team yeah. is a is probably the guy you could most afford to lose.
2: Sports Angus.
1: Make the deal, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony.
2: Oh, maybe just
1: make that favors for yeah. Carmelo deal. I like it. Uh, we also had someone who asked us to talk about the Raiders, to Las Vegas.
2: Uh, I, I worked for the Raiders for a year. Okay. Uh, I hate their fan base. I still don't like seeing a fan base lose a team. Yeah um and i mean i really hate their fan base okay. with a lot of passion <laughs> so uh,
1: i think that's what this fan was looking for yeah i, I believe he is a raiders fan so yeah, this is uh, this is good
2: no offense i hate your fan base but i think it's ridiculous that you're losing a team
1: oh no he says las vegas las vegas raiders baby and you jelly oakland fans can kick rocks is his oh, bio? so okay he's on your side
2: no, I, I don't want them to.
1: He's on your side of hating Oakland. Oh, yeah. So he's Pro-hating kind of Raiders side, fan. But anti-moving. Yeah. But
2: I don't think they should move to Vegas. I think having a team in Vegas is a terrible idea.
1: Yeah. NFL, it can work. NHL, that team's... No, that's... What are they doing?
2: I think I don't think it's going to work that well in the NFL. I
1: it, Also, like, it Mar- not, Mark
2: Davis is a rube.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
2: He's a dumb and dumber rube.
1: So is... The Spanos guy or whatever the the Chargers. Yeah. This is oh, he,
2: he's 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 a jerk too. Hot football takes right on the Salt City. Hoops also, L. A. should not have two teams. No. I'm not even sure they should have one team.
1: No, but I love that they're playing in Carson at uh, the MLS stadium. There. Right. Right. Thirty thousand people. Thirty thousand. You know what?
2: Over under four and a half games, they sell out.
1: They yeah they may not sell out. I'm going 30, under. Thirty thousand seat right. stadium. I'm going under. Which is insane. That'll be funny. It, yeah. <laughs> I I I do look forward to that crashing. Crashing and burning.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: All right, quick all-star reserve picks. Who okay. do you got in the East? Or do uh, you want me to read mine first?
2: Uh, uh yeah, you can read yours first. I right. know mine.
1: Okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so my reserve picks are Kyle Lowry and Isaiah Thomas uh, as a backcourt. Yeah. You got three front court players: Paul Millsap, Kevin Love, and Joel Embiid. I like Ooh, Embiid. Okay. And then John Wall and Kemba Walker for your your wild card spots. I that's agree with A lot the- of point guards. Yeah. But.
2: I agree with all those. I would take out Millsap, putting okay. Chris Steps for Zingas. I think he's been good enough.
1: Okay. Better than Millsap? I think so.
2: Or it's even enough that I feel good making the swap.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm fine with that. It's okay. fine. Yeah. Uh, I might even, would you put Kemba in over Millsap, I would. Too?
2: I would put Kemba in, but um, I think he'll get squeezed out. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, they're just a lot of point guards.
2: Yeah. Definitely JoJo. Okay. Joel Embiid gets in. And he should get in. He should get in on merit. It's not just a novelty pick. I think. Uh, he, I think he's been good enough. I I and kind I don't, of agree. And I don't and buy in twenty I, minutes a night too. Yeah. And I don't buy the whole. Oh, he's on a bad team. I think that matters in the second half of the season in terms of putting up empty stats. I don't think that happens in the first half.
1: Yeah. And I I, I feel like he's been good enough on the defensive end. That yeah. I think he's putting up some empty stats because he takes so many shots. Sure. I think he's also putting up the defensive numbers to more than make up for those empty right. stats. If that one hundred percent on the West uh Western Conference. You do yours first.
2: All right, I got Russell Westbrook. Good call. I've got Chris Paul. Probably. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Yep. Draymond Green. Okay. Marc Gasol. Yep. Uh, oh, boy, this is a tough one. It's down to it. Uh, I'll go bear. Okay. Uh, Clay Thompson?
1: So that's the question. Is it Clay Thompson or Gordon Hayward?
2: I mean, I think Clay Thompson will get the pick. Over, over a second jazz player.
1: Yeah, I, I agree that that makes it it difficult. But yeah. I you look at their games, uh, I think Gordon Hayward's had a much better season than Clay. Yeah, like, even, I agree. Even just on an efficiency thing, like yeah. Clay Thompson should that's his All Star. He struggled right? a lot his, his to, to start the year. Gordon Hayward's been a better shooter and more efficient yeah. player than Clay Thompson has been. Yeah, and I think
2: if uh, you have to flip a coin between Gobert and Hayward, who do you take as the All Star? Uh, just on merit, uh, who
1: makes it? Or okay, on on merit, I think Hayward is more likely to make it. I would take Gobert on merit. I agree with that. Uh, I think Gobert's not that likely to make it because there are two centers already in right. our presumed rosters. Right. Uh, Ooh, too
2: many point guards in the East. Too many centers in the West. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird.
1: Uh, and then you've got, I guess, point guard wise, I think we would say that the West point guards are better than the East. I mean, obviously top level. Yeah. One hundred percent. Even Damian Lillard is is another guy who you could
2: Lillard I think McCollum's been good enough and actually I would, you do I have an pick, injury spot too because yeah. Chris Ball won't play right I would put McCollum over Lillard in the all-star game Why is that I think he's been better okay I think I just think he's been a much more efficient scorer I think he's been a better attacker and I think Lillard's just struggled a little too much
1: that's I like. I wouldn't have ever seen that coming before the season, but I yeah. think I, I. I don't. Oh yeah, think I would
2: good. not have picked that before the season, but I. I just think that's the case. And then, and then it's what Lillard wants. He gets the recognition of being, hey, you should be an All Star, and he gets <laughs> to have the chip on his shoulder, and, and he gets to play well for the next play well months. for the next two months. You have you sell shoes. Like it's a great, it's a great little gig there.
1: Yeah. Uh. Actually, why are the Blazers bad?
2: Defense. They can't defend anybody.
1: Like, why? How are they so much worse defensively than they were last year?
2: They were only good defensively for one month last year. Okay. One month of play, middle of January to middle of February. They were a good defensive team with just insane offense. Rest of those months, they were awful defensively. But the West was so down because of all those injuries and the Rockets' apathy and all that stuff, uh, they were able to kind of boost themselves in a weak standing.
1: So if you look at the eight seed right now, there's only three and a half games that separate the eight seed and the bottom, the Last team in the Western Conference, yeah. the Phoenix Suns. But the Nuggets, the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Mavericks, the Timberwolves, the Lakers, and the Suns are all within three and a half games of each other for that last eight seed. Who gets it?
2: I still think Portland, because yeah. I think it only takes a month of good play. Yeah, to uh, they're to only a game out right. Now. Right, exactly. Yeah. Although I mean I don't know, maybe Denver's coming around. Maybe Denver is Portland of last year, right? I- like they're a bad defensive team, but they're. They're very good on offense right and, now.
1: And Jokic is making that leap. Like, I, I Yeah, think he's
2: been he's been really good.
1: I think that's real. Yeah, I, I honestly might take the, the Nuggets right now. I think, I, would,
2: I think the Portland should be the favorites for it, but yeah, it wouldn't shock me if Denver took it.
1: Not the Kings, not the Pellies, not the Mavs. Maybe the
2: Pellies, but definitely not the Kings, not the Mavs, not the Wolves, yeah. not the Lakers, not the Suns.
1: All right, we got to leave. Not us. You can, listen to the, <laughs> yeah, you can listen to the show as a podcast, at SaltCityHoops.com or ESPN700Sports.com. Andy Larson, Zach Harper signing out.